Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Wednesday, the 18th of August. Today, Naomi Osaka forced to tears in her latest press conference, who Eddie Betts turned to for advice on his retirement from the AFL, and why a knight turned down more money to become a rooster. But first... If the Tokyo Olympics has taught us anything, it's that we Aussies punch above our weight when it comes to the world sporting stage. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. And you would think when it comes to cricket, there are no sporting mountains left to climb. But you'd be wrong. The T20 World Cup is the one international cricket trophy we have never held aloft. We came close back in 2010, but lost in the final to some other mob. Great scenes for England. They've been awesome in this tournament. Australia will reflect that they didn't get enough runs. But for those of you thinking that this year's T20 World Cup, set to be played in the UAE and Oman starting in October, might finally be the year we triumph? It just became a little bit more difficult after we were drawn in a group with two-time winners, the West Indies. Carlos Brathwaite! Remember the name! History for the West Indies! One-time winners, England. He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! And South Africa, who have never won the tournament, but are still ranked above us. Only the top two teams from the group stage will progress to the next round. And when you add to that the fact that we just lost a series to Bangladesh... Oh, no! We suck again! We can probably keep the trophy cabinet closed on this one. Allow me to pose a hypothetical situation. You are a professional footballer, and you're about to come off contract. You currently play for a team, mm, let's call them the Newcastle Knights. So the Knights offer you a new deal for three years. But another team, let's call them the Sydney Roosters, offer you a deal for two years and for less money. Which one would you take? The Knights deal, right? Well, obviously... Not Connor Watson. No, Watson has turned down the offer from his current club, the Newcastle Knights, to join the Sydney Roosters from next season, a decision which has left Triple M's Mark Guy perplexed. Very interesting. I didn't see this one coming. I must confess, I I know he started his first grade career at the Roosters, but I didn't see this one coming because, A, his friendship with uh, their best player, Callum Palmer. Yeah, they live together. And, B, I thought he's quite settled there. And he's obviously something's happened. The Knights deal was believed to be in the vicinity of $350,000 a season, while the Roosters is only said to be worth three hundred dollars a season. What exactly has happened is unknown, but Fox Sports' James Hooper seems to think Watson's decision is reflective of a bigger issue at the Knights. This story lends itself to the fact that there might be a little bit of a bad scene unfolding up around the Knights at the moment. Vonnie, I'm not sure that the playing group and the coaching staff are all entirely on the same page. So, while the Knights deal with their civil war, MG thinks there is a simple explanation for Connor Watson's switch. Obviously, he thinks that he's got more chance of winning a competition at Bondi than he does at Newcastle. Start those conversations early in school because no one's born racist. And I've always said that everyone's learnt it along the way somewhere or heard it along the way somewhere. So it's always the, I come back to education, um, start the conversations, call it out, because it's the only way that we're going to move forward. On Monday, Carlton's Eddie Betts announced that this weekend's game against GWS will be his 350th and final game in the AFL. And yesterday, he fronted the media to speak about his storied career and remind everyone of the realities of racism in football. I feel like we're getting better. I don't feel like it's safe at the moment. I honestly don't. I, I, I feel like there's still a lot of racism. And this year, there has been a lot of racism. And it's been draining and it's been tiring. And, you know, every year we see myself and the other Aboriginal boys 
standing up, trying to call it out, trying to to make a stance. And you know, speaking to Gil recently, you know, we've got to be stronger. We got to we got to somehow catch these these people and keep them accountable for what they say online or, or over the fence. Betts even revealed that he put a call in to friend and former AFL superstar Adam Goods, who had his own experiences with racism in the game, to seek some guidance on his retirement. I caught up Adam and had a good chat to him for about half an hour, just um, getting some advice and um, seeing how he dealt with it and how he felt. And I had a good conversation with him and he, he basically, I told him, listen, I'm going to hang up the boots next week. Basically gave me some support, some guidance and said, mate, the next chapter of your life is going to be pretty special and I'm really looking forward to it and I can't wait to catch up. A nice glass of red and a yarn. Betts' comments come in the shadow of former Adelaide Crows teammate Taylor Walker's suspension and fine for racial abuse. Walker announced last week that he would be taking time away from the football club to allow people to heal. The current Crow and friend of Walker, Paul Seedsman, revealed to Triple M's Ruin Dits that Walker is due back at the club this week. He's due back this week, and yeah, I'm sure. He'll, he'll probably get around and speak to everyone again. I'm not sure in what, yeah, whether it's a formal situation or whether he just catches up with everyone sort of individually or in smaller groups. So um, that'll play out over the course of the week. Unless they get asked questions by journalists who seemingly want to provoke an emotional response from them. And that's what happened to Naomi Osaka. The women's world number two who was fronting a press conference for the first time in months at the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. Um, Sorry. No, you're super good. Okay, I think we're just going to take a quick break. Just uh, we'll be back in one moment. Earlier this year, Osaka announced that she would not be attending her post-match press conferences at the French Open before eventually withdrawing from the tournament after she was told she'd be fined for skipping the media sessions. In Cincinnati, she was asked this question. You're not especially fond of of dealing with the media, especially in this format. You have suggested there are better ways to do it, that, that we'd like to try to explore that. Uh, my, my question, I guess, was you also have uh, outside interests beyond tennis that, that are served by having uh, the, the platform that the media presents to you. My, uh, my question is, how, how are you able, how do you think you might be able to best balance the two? Not a seemingly aggressive or unreasonable question. And Asaka, to her credit, gave a very balanced response. I'm not really sure how to balance the two. Like, I'm figuring it out at the same time as you are, I would say. But after finishing her response and before the next question could be asked, Asaka became visibly emotional and ended up taking a five-minute break before resuming the press conference. At this stage, Osaka is still due to compete in the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati, which is great news for the people of Haiti, because Osaka has pledged to donate all of her winnings from the tournament to the relief efforts in Haiti after the island was struck by a devastating earthquake. And that is your fast, fun hit of sport for Wednesday the 18th of August. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.